Hello, everyone, and welcome to That's a Dumb Rule Podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm Greg. Greg, today we're talking about a basketball rule, the defensive three-second rule. All right. I thought I would take the wheel this time just because I love basketball, so I'm going to talk at you this time. Let's hear it. All right. In the rule of basketball, rule 10, section 6, subsection B, got to love the subsections, (laughs) any defensive player who is in position in the 16-foot lane or at the area extended four feet past the lane end line, excuse me, must be actively guarding an opponent within three seconds. Actively guarding means being within an arm's length, and those are long guys in the (laughs) NBA, but it still gets called, of the offensive player in any guarded position. Okay, so can you give us that again in (laughs) English? (laughs) Absolutely. Basically, a defensive player cannot just stand in the middle of the lane, clogging up the play, for more than three seconds without legally guarding somebody. Okay, and just for some listeners, yeah. the lane is the what sometimes they call it the paint, but it's yeah. the colored part of the court right in front of the basket, right? So, yep. so a defensive player can't just stand there and put his arms up and not even move, right? Yep, and there are some rules, like if you're playing a zone or if you're playing, well, there's different versions of zones, you can have somebody slip in and out of there, but they don't want somebody just planted in the middle. Because it's not fun to watch, and it's kind of like a defensive interference. Like, you just can't get anything moving, and you should be actively playing defense against your opponent. Okay, so let's go back to if if I'm going to be a defensive player, I'm going to yeah. stand there. I know in the rule it talked about arm's length, right? So if yeah. I'm guarding somebody who's standing right next to me, I can stay there, right? Absolutely. Okay. So let's say you're posting up on the block. It's a little cube right on the edge of the paint. That's where a lot of plays take place for centers or right. power forwards who are posting up. Okay. And I'm defending you. My Both of my feet can be squarely in the paint. But since I'm actively defending you, they aren't going to call defensive three second because you're the offensive player. You're playing offense against me. I have a legal right to defend you. Now, if I were just camped there and you're standing in the corner with, I don't know, hands on hips, you're right. not doing anything. And that's my version of defending you. I'm going to get called for three seconds. So is there a difference between defending somebody and being near somebody? Because I'm picturing when I'm watching yeah. a game, sometimes you see players who run through the lane. <laughs> Does that count for, um, or do you actually have to be sort of defending them? So that's a really good question. I, uh, Some refs will let that go, and it really does depend on the ref. Okay. But most of the time, you can tell who somebody's marked up on. Like, you're not going to watch a center play a point guard, and a point guard's going to rush through the lane, right. and you're going to assume, yeah, he's guarding him, okay. when there's another seven-footer right next to him. Okay. So okay. it's more of a just take it as you see it, and a lot of basketball plays, unfortunately, kind of come down to that, and that's why there's three referees on the floor to manage all of the different pieces of each play that is going on at any given second. Okay. But otherwise... When you're watching basketball and a small guard flies through the lane and the defender right after him, you're going to assume that that guy's not going to be camping in the lane or that the center is just going to hang out there for three seconds. Right. But there are some situations where it can happen, but we won't go there just because it can get a little confusing. Okay, so what if the ball is in the lane? Does it yeah. still count for three seconds or no? Absolutely. So, um, or I should rephrase that. It doesn't because okay. when the ball is coming right down the lane, that's a threat to the basket being scored, right? So you can double-team people in the lane. You can triple-team, quadruple people, as many folks as you need to stop that ball handler from getting to the rim. You can absolutely do that. And the thing is, we usually 
won't see a call like that ever made because when you get double team, triple team, that pass better get out. Right. But those defenders have a legal right to be in the paint if the attack is there. Okay. And how many, like, is this a common thing? Does it get called once a game or once a season or like how often would you see this? Yeah, this happens a lot. Actually, it kind of slips under the radar when you're watching basketball, because sometimes you'll just see the ref blow the whistle and point the other way. And the announcers will just assume it's a three second violation. Oh, okay. Um, This doesn't get called as much as it could kind of revisiting some previous rules that we've had where you, the rules in place, but, they kind of use it. They kind of don't. Okay. This is a golden boy example of sometimes they use it, sometimes they don't. Um, I've it, seen versions of like Kevin Love camped out in the lane and they counted on TV 10, 12 seconds. He was just wow. planted in the lane and they never called it. So okay. <laughs> again, again, this is why it's so important. Like referees, it's a bang, bang kind of a, a sport where things are happening very quickly. So sometimes they won't call it, but it is a rule in the rule book that you will see if a ref catches it, they're going to call it right away. Now, do you think, because I have watched, I mean, when I watch basketball, I can't even keep up. Guys are running around <laughs> like crazy. Yeah. If, do you think it's more something where the ref doesn't see it or they're yeah. just kind of, I, yeah, it's fine. I think they're not watching the play in full because usually if you think about a basketball court, and this is usually called on the bigger players, so your center and power forward, they're parked lower right. in the gaze of the referees. Like if you ever are watching a game, just try to find where the black and white stripes are. They're usually oh, higher up. Okay. And then there's one guy on the baseline, but if his if he literally turns his head one direction, he loses the paint. Okay. And that's why a lot of guys can get away with it is because just like any fan, refs can get drawn to the attention of the play. Sure. Especially when it's like two ball handlers or two quick guards. Action happens pretty quick and they might miss a center camped out in the lane, not realizing he's been there for four or five seconds. Okay, so I'm a defensive player. Yeah. If I have one foot in and one out, does that mean I'm in or out? Could I? That have... would mean you are out Okay. by, my, by okay. the standards <laughs> that I've seen with referees calling that. There may be some like guys that try to ride the line, but okay. 99% of the time they're not going to get called for that. Okay. Um, and generally with those bigger guys, again, where you're – where you are usually playing on the court, having one foot in, one foot out of the lane is kind of a casual way to play play defense, especially when it comes to like zone defense. Oh, right. That's right. the typical way you play a zone where you're guarding a space on the floor rather than a player. Right. So you just have one foot in, one foot out, so you can avoid the call. Avoid the call. Okay. Now, if the call does happen, what is the, is it just a turnover then? Or? Yep. Okay. So the opposing team gets the ball again and can take it out of bounds to reset the play. And then sometimes they'll get more of a clock too, depending oh. on college versus professional. The clock resets to a different amount, okay. but it's just a hard reset for them because you were playing in the legal defense on us. So we're going to reset and get a chance to kind of collect ourselves and redo that, uh, redo that possession of the game. Okay. Now I know in between college and pro, I think the lane is wider in pros. Is that not the case anymore? That's a really good question. I don't know the actual measurements off the top of my head. I do, however, know that in professional and college, the lane is wider than it is in international basketball. Okay. As well as the three-point line is about halfway in between the college line and the pro line. So every court, and we're kind of jumping into a different place with rules entirely, but definitely rules can be interpreted differently depending on the stage you're playing basketball at. If you're in wow. the Olympics, 
I mean, there's a rule where you can swat the ball off the top of the cylinder in international basketball. The cylinder referring to the basket. Right. However, in NBA, you can't do that. College, you can't do that. It's goaltending. So there are different rules depending on where you are playing. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's something new every day. (laughs) Well, literally, this is one rule leads to another. And I think that's kind of what makes basketball so interesting compared to some of the other sports we talk about is one rule kind of leads to the other and then the next and then the next. Yeah. I certainly think that this rule, uh, just as an example, to give you and probably some of our listeners, when I think of this rule, I think of the bad boy Pistons, and I think okay. of Rick Mahorn right. hanging out, waiting for Jordan to come down the lane <laughs> and just murder him. Like this is why these rules are in place because one, if you have somebody camping out, it's really hard to get a flow for offense. Two, it can hurt somebody. Right. And just overall, it's not a fun product to watch. Yeah. Right. I, I agree. Okay, so let's let's get into that. Yeah. Good rule, bad rule. Dumb rule. Dumb rule? Um I actually I actually really like this rule. Okay. I think basketball's a game of motion and I think most people would consider that motion to be on offense, but I also think it's defensively too. Okay. I don't like seeing guys just camping. Right. And frankly, I actually think basketball's better when we're asking those guys to move. However, I think Modern day basketball is naturally getting rid of this rule. Like this rule feels like it's going extinct very slowly right. because you have to be athletic. You have to be able to guard somebody on the perimeter if you're playing the four position or the five position because modern teams are asking you to shoot from out there as well as defend. So I feel like this rule is quickly becoming old fashioned because it was designed for big guys that didn't want to go outside the paint. Right. And now the game demands you to be outside yes, of the paint. So absolutely. I think it's a good rule because it's done its job, but I quickly see it, see it being retired within the next 30, 40 years. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, even watching the game now, um, all the action's happening yeah. really outside the paint, right? And switches, and you're it's, asking your yeah. big guy to guard your point guard, and you're like, okay, mm. he could never right. <laughs> get this downtime. Like, right. this is half the reason we're spending $20 million to get a center. Right. It's because he's got to be able to switch on those little guys and not be a firm planted tree in the middle of the right. lane. Right. And and you know, when I grew up it was it was Robert Parrish. It yeah. was, you know, these big guys who they made their living in the paint, right? Exactly. So you yeah. needed to have a, a big guy guarding him, but now it's like you don't really see those big guys anymore. So Yeah, okay. the famous last one is Roy Hibbard. If anyone okay. ever wants to look up what this prop this rule was designed for is Roy Hibbard uh, was 7'2", 270, 280 pounds. Oh my gosh. Just a tree of a man <laughs> planted in the middle. And the Miami Heat from 2010 to about 2012 had a problem with him. He was hard to deal with because he was just so big and he could plug up the lane so easily. It was hard to play. Right. Um, right. Of course, Miami was able to figure it out being one of the first small ball teams we ever had. They were right. quicker and smaller. And two years later... Roy Hibbard was on the Lakers, and a couple years after that, he was out of the league entirely. Wow. So it's amazing that basketball asks for its players to be incredibly agile, and this rule was designed to make sure that players had some movement to the game, and yes. clearly it's taking it a new direction. Wow. Yeah, it definitely has. So Awesome. Well, any parting thoughts on your half? No, I learned a lot <laughs> from this. This is great. Thank yeah. you. Well, thank you for uh, letting me talk a little bit about basketball. I always sure. enjoy that. And thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to get in contact with the show or listen to past podcasts, visit our website at that'sadumrule.com. 
Otherwise, tune in next time for another dumb rule.